Our gospel reading for tonight comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It seems like I have been writing this sermon for 17 years without even knowing it. As some of you may know, I have never spent Christmas Eve or Christmas morning with my four children, the oldest of which is 17 and heads off to college next year. This was part of an agreement that my wife Jenny and I struck many, many years ago, perhaps even before we were married. It was one of those premarital negotiations that many people have about where you'll spend the holidays, whose parents you'll see, how you'll raise the kids, and so on. Like most negotiations in our house, Jenny won, which will surprise no one. So each year, she and the kids leave early for Christmas break, spending it with her parents and celebrating Christmas in Canada, while I lead Christmas Eve services here at church. Now you may ask, isn't Jenny Jewish? Why, yes, she is. And yet her family throws a Christmas celebration that would put many Christians to shame, certainly more than my family did growing up. On Christmas Eve growing up, my family just used to go to church and then go see my grandmother at her apartment, where she would, whether we needed it or not, whether we wanted it or not, give us tube socks the kind with the stripes that would reach all the way up to your knees and which, as a kid in the 80s, would get you mocked mercilessly by your friends if you wore them. And then we had Christmas morning at home and Christmas dinner with our other grandparents who didn't buy us socks. Jenny's family, on the other hand, hosts a three-day extravaganza with family and friends on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day. The funny thing is that most of the people there are Jews, and so I suppose in that way it is not entirely unlike the very first Christmas. Anyhow, 
That is the deal in our family. I work Christmas Eve while Jenny and the kids are at her parents'. Then I fly up Christmas Day in time to say hello, take a nap, join everybody for dinner, and go to bed early. But this year is different. Because of COVID, my family can't go to Canada. And so for the first time ever, ever, I get to share Christmas Eve and Christmas morning with my kids. Tonight I will walk home after the service to a full house rather than an empty one and wake up in the morning surrounded by my family rather than a cab driver, who is often Jewish, by the way, taking me to the airport at, at some ungodly hour on Christmas morning. This, however, is just the opposite of what many people will experience this Christmas. This year, traditions are on hold. Gatherings will not be held and we will remain separated or distanced from those we love in order to keep them and ourselves safe. So I know how hard this all feels. I know it deep in my bones because I've been experiencing it myself for many years. Sure, I keep a stiff upper lip and stay upbeat to anyone who asks, but it is hard for me every year. It is a sacrifice. It is lonely and quiet, so I get it. I know how this Christmas feels for many of you. COVID and this terrible surge has flipped the script. My family can't travel, so I have them with me. For most of you, you are separated from those you love and many of those you see each Christmas. It is so hard to be a part at this time of year that is all about rekindling relationships and gathering generations together, sharing stories and memories, and resting in the company of loved ones. It is hard not to be together at church here tonight in the sanctuary. We should all be squeezed into this sanctuary together, 1,200 people over four services, singing and praying and hugging and wishing each other a Merry Christmas. We probably would have had to put on the air conditioning again this year because of the, the warm weather and all the body heat. But instead, there are just four of us here trying our best to stay warm. I'm sorry that you have to experience Christmas in this way. It's such a hard thing. And we hope that with the arrival of new vaccines, we'll be right back here next Christmas together. In all of this, I think of Mary and Joseph. They got to travel for Christmas, or what would become Christmas, but not out of choice. They were forced to go to Bethlehem because of the census. Although Joseph was descended from this place and these people, when they got there, they didn't have anybody to stay with. So they went from inn to inn looking for a room and finding none. They too were alone. And the only place for them to stay was a stable. And today, we might even congratulate them for finding a way to gather outside. And this is where God chooses to be born. In their isolation, in their loneliness, in their uncertainty and anxiety, in their hopes and in their fears, there Jesus is born. Born outside to outsiders in a stable, to a world that was highly unstable, a world that could be both volatile and violent. 
And Jesus is born into our experience tonight of those very same things. And God reminds us that we are not and we are never alone. God is always with us. Jesus is our Emmanuel, God with us. At Christmas, God comes to meet us where we are and as we are. God comes to find us to be born wherever we find ourselves this night, whether in our bubbles or pods, alone, at home, at work, or on the road. We recall tonight how the shepherds and the magi sought out Jesus and how we gather here to seek him. But first, we must remember that Jesus sought us out first. Jesus came for us in great and everlasting love. And God still seeks us out to give us all the love and peace and joy and hope that our hearts can hold and sends us out into the world to serve and to share it. In that stable in the Bethlehem night, it was the animals who kept the Holy Family company. Then it was the scruffy shepherd sent by the angels. Then later it was the wise men who had followed the star and brought their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And just so, God created this community out of people who would have normally never met. And tonight, 2,000 years later, God has done the same for us, connecting us across time and space and time zones and continents, from our homes, from across the country, from across the world, through our TVs or computers or smartphones, and in the songs that we sing and the prayers that we pray. We are God's holy people, God's Christmas community. And what we all have in common, no matter where we may be, is that we are all loved beyond measure by God and that we all long for in our own ways to know this love more fully and pull it into us and hold it in our hearts. For even though we are physically distant, we are connected to the Spirit of God. Just because we are apart does not mean that we are alone. And so I pray that the spirit of Christmas tonight will fill your hearts, your minds, and your homes, and that you will know the promise and hope of a newborn baby, God's only son, born to a young, frightened, displaced couple, and that you will feel in a different way, and perhaps in an even more profound way, that connection with God and this Christmas community forged in a love that no virus can extinguish. Amen.